That was great. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome everyone to worship. Our mystery prelude was sponsored in memory of uh, by Mike Razor's children in memory of Mike, and he would always walk around the house singing that song. Anybody get it? Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Also, well, we have a Shelby. If you're a member, you're on Shelby, and you can look up certain things about you. And Paula Butler, she's here every Sunday at eight o'clock. She was looking at her Shelby, and she realized. It shows no attendance for church, though she's here every Sunday. Now, I'm not in charge of telling the church office, hey, Paula Butler was here Sunday, so you got to sign the guest card or use the QR code, and we really appreciate that. Also, February 10th, Daddy Daughter Dance, Women's Ministry, a bunco night on February 9th. An enrichment event, uh, planning a Christian funeral, is February 11th after the late service. Lent begins February 14th. As you know, we have a lunch and a dinner each Wednesday. If you could uh, help in assisting preparing a meal or take charge of preparing a meal, we would really appreciate it. Also, youth group tonight, 7 to 9. Also, mission trip orientation, 4 to 7. Relationship workshop, we had the first one yesterday. It's good attendance. The next one's February 10th. Child care is also provided. And Chicks with Sticks are meeting February 9th at 1 p.m. Everything they make goes to the Detroit Street Mission. We rise for opening him. On this your confession, I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you, and in the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, 
I assure you, all of your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Invite the children forward for the children's message. Good morning. Yeah, good job. Look what I got here. What is that? You have a dollar. How much is this? A hundred. It would take a hundred dollars to make this. It's a hundred. It's worth a hundred dollars, this piece of paper. I wonder if I just scrunch it up. Throw it on the ground. Even step on it. My dad, if he was here, he'd be so mad at me. You don't do that to money. And stop on it. Hmm. Ooh, here's a nice crisp hundred. This one's pretty beat up. Which one's more valuable? <laughs> They're still each worth a hundred dollars. Now, sometimes we're like this $100 bill. Maybe we beat ourselves up. Maybe somebody says something bad about us. Maybe we get hurt. We're broken people. That's what this represents. But even if you're like this or like this, far from perfect, God has the same value on you. And that value, a price tag, is that cross where Jesus died. So today you're going to get a cool bracelet, and it has all different Bible verses on it. Um, this one says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, from Philippians 4. So that's what you get at Sunday school, and I want to thank you for coming up. The Old Testament reading for today is taken from the book of Psalm, chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here ends the Old Testament reading. The epistle reading for today is taken from 1 John 4, verses 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Here ends the epistle reading. 
for the reading of the Holy Gospel. <laughs> Our Holy Gospel reading this morning is from Matthew 15, verses 1 through 20. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouths, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see? that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Here ends our Holy Gospel reading. Praise be to thee, O Christ. We'll continue and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all. Please be seated.
grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a couple of weeks before Christmas, and um, a couple of people came to my office, of people that occasionally have come into my office, but never at the same time. It was a coincidence. They were both there at the same time, and Pastor Jimmy was there. One of them brought me a really nice bottle of scotch, a Christmas gift for me, but the person who brought it opened it also, so there wasn't much left for me. But these two people who came in, they're larger than life, okay? There's a certain charisma about them. And when you get two people like that, they're, they're just... You can't get a word in. They're just talking. And what you do is you sit back, you enjoy, you watch their behavior and everything. Well, I had to leave my office for a little bit, and I came back, and Pastor Jimmy wasn't there. That's unlike him to leave a party, especially if there's beer and some scotch involved. I saw him the next day. I said, why did you leave? He said, I was tired. I went home. I said, no, you weren't tired. You know, Jimmy likes to talk. I said, you couldn't get a word in edgewise, could you? That's why I laughed. <laughs> okay, this story has nothing to do with the sermon. Um, <laughs> last week we talked about James and how he talks about the power of the tongue. You know, how we can build somebody up with it or tear somebody down. And really, there was so much material, we're continuing that today. You know, maybe some of our problem as we deal with people and talk about people you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe we're not loving ourselves as we should. And that could be a problem. Our gospel lesson for today, I know it's the same gospel as last week's. Just a little side note, because it builds the story. But this is interesting. The Pharisees are upset with Jesus because the disciples are eating with unwashed hands. Now, it has nothing to do with hygiene. It has everything to do with the ceremonial washing. It was only required of the priest to do that before a sacrifice. But humankind tendencies, they made it a law for everybody. Now, by the time Jesus shows up on the scene, you know, there's the Torah, what Moses gave, the law, but there's also this human tradition of the elders, this oral tradition. And all of a sudden, it's on the same level as God's word. And Jesus is going to hit them hard back. Jesus didn't follow the oral traditions. Those were made man laws. And then Jesus says, it's just so good. And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother. And then, but you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is devoted to God. They are not to honor their father and mother with it. This devoted to God, sometimes in the English Bible, it'll still have the Greek word korban. Korban means devoted to God. Now, you can give the money to the temple or you can give it to your parents. Uh, yeah. Why? What kind of law was this? You see, if your parents were in need and in poverty, you could claim your possessions korban but this always follow the money the money not only helped the temple and the priest but the money that you said is dedicated to god you get to use that money and manage that money to the day you die so you didn't have to help your parents and you could keep the money and when you die then it was dedicated to the lord do you see the problem jesus had with that they were breaking the commandment of not honoring parents. Now, to the issue. Don't, see, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes in the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. James, he talks about the tongue, but Jesus gets to the root of the issue. The tongue just reflects what is in the heart. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? You know, we, we sort of just touched on this last week, self-talk. You think science just discovered this. Self-talk is throughout the Bible. Deuteronomy 8, God is talking, to, he, giving them the promised land. He knows there's going to be a temptation with all their blessings. 
He said, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. God said, don't forget, I am the provider. Don't say to yourself that you are the one responsible. Uh, David, he's in fear of his life. Saul wants to kill him. But David thought to himself, one of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. There is self-talk. David is making a plan to save his life. In Luke 7, Jesus is invited to the house of a Pharisee for dinner. And this lady of ill repute comes in and anoints his feet. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Do you ever do that self-talk? Oh, you're being polite. Right in front of somebody's face. Oh, you got some evil self-talk about that person right when you're talking to them? You ever do it? Yeah, you probably do. I'm thinking a lot of bad things about some of you people right now. <laughs> Abraham is told that he and his wife Sarah are going to have a baby. My God. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Again, self-talk, negative, questioning, saying God can't do this. What is your self-talk? What does it sound like? There's an actual self-talk assessment in your bulletin. Are you critical of yourself? Are you negative? Do you always tear yourself down? Or do you treat yourself like a friend and speak kindly to yourself? Is the first thing that you thought, your self-talk, I'm not good at this? Or could you rephrase it, relax, you are prepared for this? My future son-in-law told me some time ago, and I, I couldn't believe it, he said a lot of people don't have self-talk. And there's studies that say 30 to 50% of the population doesn't have self-talk. I talk to myself all the time. I can't imagine what that's like. I watched some interviews, and one gentleman who's being interviewed with no self-talk, he said, when I have a meeting, I have to really prepare. I have to write notes. Just, and if I'm caught off guard, there's a lot of pausing. Because I'm not ready. I don't have that self-talk. Another lady who was interviewed, she said, oh, yeah, when I'd go to the movies and somebody talked to themselves, I, I just thought that was to help develop the plot. I had no idea people talked to themselves. Can you imagine that? And if you're born deaf, you don't have a voice. But you know what? The deaf have self-talk. Many times it's the sign language or images. I've read a number of studies out there about how self-talk can help. But better than just talking to yourself, talking to yourself in the third person. In the third person will help distance you from psychological stress. Let's say it's a, a situation where it is highly stressful or even thinking of the past reviewing it from the third person gives you some separation and allows you to think more clearly. Third person. As I walked up to the pulpit, I should have said, Randy, this is a pretty good sermon. I heard my own voice. This sermon sucks. <laughs> it's what we do. They did a study people with anorexia. And they had a group that was not diagnosed. And they had them walk through a door over and over again, and the door kept getting narrower and narrower. When the door still was 40% larger than the shoulders, people who had anorexia started turning sideways. The people who were not diagnosed, they didn't turn sideways until the door was about 25% wider than their shoulders. That's the damage of self-talk. 
Obviously, those people have an image of themselves that, that is not true. But they think they're that big. And because they think that way, that's how they behave. You know, it, it is thought that many of us develop self-talk because of those imaginary friends we had as children. You had an imaginary friend. I had one. He finally left me, he got mad at me and walked away. <laughs> There's a bias. You need to ask yourself, where does this thought come from? Is it true? Why do I believe it? And is it, if it's accurate, why do I hold on to it? Why do I keep holding on to it? Dr. Caroline Leaf, 30 years in the profession, world-renowned neuroscientist, wrote, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. She also wrote, when you think, you build thoughts, and these become physical substances in your brain. It becomes your reality. Now it's like science is, you know, just discovering all this stuff, but it's all in Scripture, too. In Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The power of your thoughts. Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You are not what you think you are, rather, what you think you are. And probably some of us need to change the way we think, the way we view things. Jesus said of Satan, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Satan loves when you're critical. Satan loves when you tear yourself down. Satan loves when you can't love yourself. Because if you can't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. Paul, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Now I know he's talking about sin. And he's saying, I'm becoming a prisoner in my mind. You know, maybe you do carry around guilt from the past. And you rehash it. It's always there. Maybe you're one of those people who always think of the past. And it's not necessarily a sin, but it's a shoulda, woulda, coulda. And you always review those things. You know, so often we can't live through the day because we're tripping over yesterday. How often we trip over yesterday. The psalmist in Psalm 26 said, Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind. Let God in. Let God speak to you. 1 John 3. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Our hearts find rest in the presence of God. And listen to this verse. It's so powerful for this topic. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. God is greater than your heart. The word for mind means thought, reasoning, views. God is greater than your critical view of yourself. God is greater than what your heart tells you. What did God say to Isaiah to build him up? So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, not only our sins, not only our guilt, the shoulda, woulda, coulda, all those things that we review in our mind, all those things we say that are not true of ourselves, leave at the cross. Charisma. All this opening story does fit. Charisma. That's a Greek word, never translated in English. Charisma. If you look it up, sometimes you'll find more of a godly definition. It means a divine gift of power, spiritual power. In the Greek, it means favor, gift. You know, people who have charisma, 
They're born with it. You can't get it. You can't obtain it. You can't learn it. They have it. You have it or you don't. It's a gift. The root of the word charisma, charis, is grace. It's an outside gift. God has given you grace to live with yourself. You just can't say, I'm going to be a better dad. You have to change how you look at your children. You just can't say, I'm going to be a better spouse. You have to really think and think about how you view your spouse. This doesn't happen overnight, but this takes time, and you can change how you think. In Colossians 3, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Psalm 1, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. What are we being told? Who do you associate with? Who do you spend time with? But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruits in season and out of season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Ephesians 4, 23, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. David wrote in one of his psalms, God gave me a new song in my heart. You know, you can find a new song. And you can find a new way of thinking. You have to challenge your thoughts. Don't automatically accept your thoughts. Challenge your thoughts. Ask yourself, do I want to think this way? Is this really true? Is this helpful? How does it make me feel? And do I want to feel this way? Paul said the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. To have peace with ourselves, To know that we are dearly loved. It's an outside gift, chariz, like charisma. That grace that makes us something special. Like that $100 bill, beaten and torn, in front of the cross. Same value, each person. Paul said, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. The Greek word there is where we get metamorphosis, like a butterfly. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, so often the ways of the world clutter our view of God's word. And sometimes we come to God's word and we impose our bias, we place on it our labels, and we disregard it. Again, remember what the psalmist said. Examine me, Lord. Second Timothy, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That's the spirit God has given us. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take, make captive your thoughts. What are the thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking? What are the thoughts that bring you down? What are the thoughts that keep you from loving yourself? Take them captive. Psalm 46, David said, be still and know that I am God. Take some time. You just can't think it's going to change. Your thoughts and emotions and feelings are going to continue to haunt you, guide you, direct you. How much time do you take to be still with God? To sit, read his word, meditate upon it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Listen to Paul. He's not saying, oh, because my circumstances are good, I'm going to rejoice. No, he's saying this is a decision. It's a choice. So often Jesus' words in the Bible deal with how we think. Choose love. Focus on the good, good things. 
He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What you choose to see determines your reality. You want to change your reality, you have to change your focus. And just what Paul says, maybe we have such bad things in our heart and mind because of what we watch, what we let come into our heart. Maybe the music we listen to, maybe the books we read. That's food. Is it good food for the heart or bad food? Hebrews 4, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace. Remember charisma, caress, to help us in our time of need. If you're struggling with who you are and what you think, you go to where you get something that's not of you, God's grace. I can do all things through him who gives me grace, gives me faith, Paul said. In Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. In Deuteronomy 11, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds, tie them as symbols on your hands, and bind them on your foreheads. I put some scripture on the back of the bulletin, just Bible verses, that are uplifting, encouraging. Especially if you're struggling, I encourage you to memorize some Bible passages that speak good about you, that remind you you are dearly loved, that you do have something to contribute, that your life does matter, and that you don't have to have that negative self-talk. Do you ever take time? You know, this is what I, if you question your value, you question whether you're loved, you question whether your life matters, you stare at a crucifix. Oh, I know, we Lutherans love a cross. It's empty. It reminds us of the resurrection. But the cross is like a flagpole. You can put any flag on a pole. A lot of people died on the cross, but only one died for you and me. To look at that and be reminded how loved we are. To be reminded we don't have to beat ourselves up. To be reminded that we can have confidence in who we are and that our lives do matter. To let the past be in the past. Don't trip over yesterday, today. Be done with it and find freedom, peace, and happiness in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise to sing the offertory.
us pray. God, help us to trust you with our decisions in future. Let us lean on you with all our heart instead of relying on our own imperfect understanding. Give us clear guidance in our life. We ask for your help to direct our path. Lord, we know that as much as we have ideas of how something ought to go, ultimately, you know the correct path. Father, teach our hearts to do your will and allow us to entrust our hearts with you and you alone. Today, we pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones, of family and friends of John W. Smith. We pray for those facing health concerns, Ruth Newman, Barbie Hardewine, Linda Hardewine, Frank, Jackie, James, Betty, Linda Christensen, John Wardlin, Michael, Ken, Kira, Ted, Sharon Frey, Jim Casper, Patricia Hunsinger, Fabi Kendall, Evelyn, Marianne, Myrna Orva, Beth Hamada, Dr. Dale Robinson, and Ron Ging. We pray for those in hospice care, Etta Unruh and Alex Walther. We pray for those people in the Middle East during this time of war. We pray for all those serving in the military, police, and firefighters, for all world leaders to be receptive to godly counsel, and for all those suffering from other health concerns and their caregivers. Prayers of thanksgiving this morning for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Our sanctuary altar flowers were given by the Raisler kids in loving memory of Mike, and the lectern flowers given by Jim and Jan Endress in celebration of 50 years of marriage. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass, trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me in the same manner he took the cup after supper and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me the peace of the Lord with you always.
Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant to you his peace. Thank you.